0: Now, Pastor Rick will kick off the summer sermon series, Life Apps. Hey, good morning! I am uh, really excited about our new series, the Life Apps. We have got them all on the back wall. We're going to talk about the next several uh, weeks, and and uh, I do want to say this: I did say the first service got really got into my sermon real quick, but small groups, make sure don't anybody go out straight out the. Uh, back door, but walk through the tables, check them out, and please do, just, just humor me, okay? Even if, you're, uh, even, even if you're a teenager and you see the senior adult one back there, or the, if you're a senior adult and you see the ta- look at all of them, okay? Just humor me. Look at all of them, okay? Uh, because uh, we've got some great, uh, really excited. I think we've got 10 small groups for the summer, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so we're glad that we've got that many small groups, and you need to connect in some way. There's some great things happening in small groups. Okay, so now live apps. I want to get to this. And... Um, I want to. Uh, I got a little introduction for the whole series that I want to give to you before we really get into the message for today. We're going to talk about a life app. Today in the in the message, but I, I want to give you just a little bit of an introduction. Now, how many of you have a smartphone? Uh, uh, you know, an iPhone, an Android, or anything like that? Anybody besides me? Okay, none of y'all were raising your hand or anything. I thought nobody. Well, listen, if you don't and if you don't know what in the world we're talking about, uh, see me or somebody raise their hand after service. We'll show you what we're talking about just a little bit. But it's a cool thing, it, basically, this it, is what you got to think about, and this is this is what they tell you now a lot of times at, at, at uh, uh, you know the phone store when you go in, if, especially if you're making the move, they'll tell you, okay, you've got to stop thinking about this as a phone and start seeing it. It's a computer that just happens to have a phone in it. You just carry it around with you, and so that's really a lot of what it is. There's a lot of cool apps on here. You know, you can go to go to the app store, to the app market, if you're you know if you're on the Droid or whatever you, and just all kinds of things. I mean, you you get you know, our, our uh, little two-year-old granddaughter now, I mean, she, she plays games on it now. And, you know, at first, you know, I was bringing the game up and I was showing her how to do it. Now she just takes my phone, she turns it on, she slides the lock over, she goes through all the lists and finds the one and she turns it on, you know, and she, boom, she's, she's got the whole thing worked out, you know. And so it's, you know, it's not rocket science. If a two-and-a-half-year-old can do it, you ought to be able to handle it too. Amen? Or, oh, I don't hurt my feelings there, Pastor. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, there's all kinds of stuff that's out there. How many of you use, you uh, Use GPS on your smartphone. Anybody use GPS on your smartphone? Let me tell you about it. It's a cool thing. Last weekend, uh, last Sunday after church, we hurried over to Atlanta. We got a day and a half away, you know, and we went to, to the Braves game that night. It was an eight o'clock game, uh, so it's kind of late and everything. And you know, it was it was our family, and we had the grandkids with us, and we left about uh, I think. I think 7th inning, something like that, and we'll walk back to the, walk back. To the, now, I should say before I get to this, I should say that, you know, of course, Brooklyn and you know, crawled all over us through the game, you know, and we got all that going on, you know, and everything, and then uh, on the way back out to the car, you know, we were carrying the two kids in the bag, because we were going to get them back to the hotel, and and uh, and incidentally, I'm, I'm not making this up, it was uphill back to the car, wasn't it, David? It was uphill to the car, let me tell you, and so we're carrying the two kids, and we're carrying the bag, you know, and we get, and, and I think it was about four miles away. I know it wasn't that far away, but it was a long ways by the time I got there I'm sweating again you know I'm thinking I gotta go on. I gotta go back to the hotel and take a shower now you know I'm wanting something to eat but the main thing I want is I'm wanting to get back to the room and you know we came around Atlanta on our way down, but uh, we were actually staying on the north end. And, and But I wanted to get back the quickest way. I guess what I did? Is I turned on my phone. You know, I turned on my GPS. I just spoke, you know, uh, the name of the hotel and, and the town it was in. That's all I said. I just said that. And all of a sudden, there's a lady talking to me through this phone, you know, telling me, okay, you're going to go up here and, you know, in a mile and a half, turn right, and you're going to go there, you know, and, you know, and she's, it's, it's like she's just sitting right there in the seat beside me, you know, and says, in a hundred in a hundred feet, turn left onto such and such. You know, and turn there. And then when you miss a turn, she says, "Recalculating," and tells you the next thing to do. You get, get you back on and, and it, and it's really cool. You know, I got, I got on my GPS. Some of you got it in your car, even if you don't have it on your phone. So you know what we're talking about. The GPS is really cool. That they talk to you and tell you all the stuff. You know where you need to turn and all those things. It's it's kind of like having somebody sit beside you that's been there a hundred times into a place that you've never been before, and they know all the turns. You know, it's really really cool to have that. But you know. Imagine then your GPS goes away. You don't have the GPS. Well, you know, at least on your phone, you can still have the map, right? And a map's still good. Everybody know how to read a map, you know, north, south, east, west, and all that, you know, and the roads and everything. You know that if, you, you know, if there's a left there, it's actually a left actually in, you know, in your life, too. You know, So, you know, if you don't have the GPS, you can at least use the map, right? And m- most phones have that, too. You know, most smartphones, they have, the, they have the map there. You can use the Google map. Even if you're not using the GPS, you can use that. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not quite as useful and handy because, I mean, you've got to figure out where, where am I on this map. And then you got to figure out where you need to get to on this map. And you know, then you can kind of figure out how to get there. But the GPS, man, it's awesome because, I mean, it figures out where you are because of the satellite positioning system. You know, It figures out exactly where you are. And, and then it knows where you want to go because you just told it where you want to go. And so it tells you, it lays it all out for you. So, you know, the map's not quite as easy or quite as cool as the GPS, but still good. You know, it's just not as quite. But, you know, if you're not going to use that, You know, if you're not going to use the GPS, you're not going to use the map, then you might as well be using one of these, you know. I mean, you know, anybody ever have one of those? I have one of those, one of the first ones, back in 92, something like that, I think, you know, and I mean, it was like, it was a brick. I mean, we called them brick, and I mean, now today, you can actually go on, I, I looked on, I was wanting to find one this week so I could have it, and i say, you might as well be using this. They're a, over $100 for those things now, I guess because they're antiques or whatever, but you, if you actually go on the eBay and looking for one, if you type in cell phone brick, that's what, it, one of the, this is what comes up, because they were so heavy, everybody started calling them bricks. And you know what, if you're not going to use the apps, you might as well be using a brick. I mean, you might as well be you know, using that very first cell phone that you got back you know, 5, 10, 15, whatever years ago. You might as well, if you're not going to use the apps. But you know what, that's where so many people are in their spiritual life. They don't want to use, they're not using the, the life apps that God has given us to get through life. And, you know, here's the thing that, you know, God, is, he's, he's like that person sitting in the seat right next to you in the car as you're going through your life and trying to get here or there that's been there before, knows exactly where you need to go and knows everything and wants to tell you all the stuff that you need to know to get through life. You know, and even without that, you know, we've got the Bible, you know, kind of like that map that you kind of, you know, stick down in the side panel of the door, you know, and, the, and that when you need some directions, you know, you can just pull off the side of the road. You do pull off before you open the map, right? You don't just open it up and start looking through like some of you. I've seen you texting going down the road, you know. And I actually saw a lady the other day. She had she was doing a test of some kind of, I and mean, she had it laid out in front. And she would, and we were on two eighty going down two eighty, and this lady was filling this thing out. You know, and I'm thinking, no, that's somebody that needs a ticket right there. You know, so I hope if you pull out your map, you know, you're pulling off the side of the road, you pull off the side of the road, you pull out your map, you look at it, figure out, some, you know. But, and that's kind of like that's the way our Bible is. You know, our Bible is our roadmap, but then God is like our GPS. Because he wants to, you know, he wants to explain to us. You know, that's what the GPS does. It explains to us this information that's on the roadmap. Here's where you are. Here's where you want to get to. And let me tell you how to get there. That's, that's what we've got is we've got the Bible and we've got God sitting beside us. But, you know, a lot of us, we're, you know, we're like old men that don't want to know directions. Don't want anybody telling us, you know. You know, we we, we like, oh, you know, don't, don't tell me. I'll figure it out. You know, we've never been somewhere and somebody's sitting beside us has been there a hundred times, but you, you just keep your mouth quiet. You know, don't, don't tell me. I'll find out how to get And we don't need to look at the map, you know. I don't even want to take the time to pull off the side of the road and look at the map. I'll find my I know it's somewhere northeast of here, and we'll eventually find it some way. And that's the way a lot of us live our spiritual lives. You know, God, God's sitting right there beside us. He's wanting to tell us. You know, he knows that there's road construction right up the road. He knows there are potholes. He knows this is the, the rough road or this is even the wrong way. He knows you just missed the turn that you should have taken. And to get you back on track, he knows exactly how to help you make the block. You know, you get into downtown Birmingham sometimes and you miss a turn. you got to go two or three blocks because the next two are one ways, right? Or you're in the wrong lane or whatever. God knows how to get you back on track when you make those wrong turns and all. And to, and to tell him, to, 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 look, I don't need you. It's like it's like saying I don't even want to use the apps. It's like I don't even want to use the free stuff that is right there and available to me that God wants to give to me. Every one of these are free. If you ever look for an app, you'll see some of them they're dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, five ninety nine, or whatever. But some of them are free. All of these are free, and God wants to give them to you. And we like you know a lot of times we don't even want to take out the Bible. We get a little, get a little lost or something in our lives and say, well. I, I, we just really don't want to take the time to pull off in our life, to stop for a moment, take out the... I'm really kind of busy. I know that today I've got a lot of decisions to make, but I just don't, don't have time for the Bible. I'll read two chapters tomorrow instead of one today. And then pretty soon, what have you got? You've got to read 10 to catch up, right? Because you've gotten so far behind, because you hadn't been pulling it out, you, because you're in too big of a hurry to pull over on the side of the road. And you know, there's one, there's one place uh, that you, you never really need the map, and that's in your neighborhood, Right? I mean, does anybody need a map to get home today from church? Anybody use your map to get? If you do, we'll try to get you some focus factor if that's one of the problems you're having is you don't even know how to get home from from church, you know. But we don't need that. Why? Because we've been in the neighborhood so many times. See, that's the thing. A A lot of the reasons people don't need God anymore is because they're just in the same little place they've always been. And they don't have any desire to go anywhere that they've never been. They don't they don't they don't have any dreams for anything bigger. They just see the, the little stuff that's right out in front of them. They've got tunnel vision. They're just in their little square box. And they don't need God. I mean show up every once in a while, you know, to get a little bit of a focus and remember that there's somebody bigger up there and da-da-da-da. But I don't really need God to speak to me every day. And there's so many people that don't even believe that that's what he wants to do, that he's actually sitting there beside you. And every day he wants to give you direction. He wants to tell you, he wants to tell you about the pothole that's right in front of you. He wants to tell you, uh, you know, about maybe the speed traps. you about to get in trouble here. You know, slow down or something's going to happen. He wants to tell you that. Some people don't even believe that. And it amazes me. I mean, I see him all through Scripture talking to people. And he's the same yesterday. And if he would tell the people in the Old Testament, especially... And in the New Testament, if he would talk to them, why won't he talk to me? Well, some people say, well, I've never heard him. I don't, I, I, I don't believe God speaks that way because I've never heard his voice. Now, if you're a Christian, yes, you have. You remember the very first time that you felt conviction of some kind in your spirit? You remember the first time that you did something or you realized you had done something wrong? Maybe it was the very first time that God made, you, God made you understand that you were a sinner and you needed salvation. And maybe maybe you didn't even come to know him that day, but you knew it. That first time that you knew it, that was the voice of God. You heard him. And then, and then you know maybe a week or two later, you messed up. You hurt somebody's feelings. And you, and you felt that inside of you say, wait a minute, you got to go back and fix this. That. You hurt someone's feelings. You got to straighten. That's the voice of God. Every child of God has heard his voice. You hear his voice. You know his voice. Maybe you don't understand it like you need to. Maybe you haven't gotten to hear it as much as you need to to know exactly when it is. But, but that's why you need to hear it a little bit more every day. And so, and so when, you, when, when you get into the car every morning, I'm not talking about your physical car, but I mean, you wake up and you're driving around in your little personal life. You, you don't shut off the GPS. Turn God on. Say, I need to hear from you today, God. Man, I was reading something last night. I, I was cleaning, cleaning out my um, uh, basement the other day and I ran across a stack of, uh, of David Wilkerson newsletters that I had not even gotten a chance to read, you know. And man, the, the guy's dead. Did y'all know he died a few weeks ago? He's dead. But you know what? There was the one laying right on top. And for some reason, God just said, That's it. I, I, I just picked it up and I carried it upstairs. I was going to read it, but I, you know, I kind of got t- I kind of got busy. You know, I got my scripture done, but I didn't get to David Wilkerson that night. You know, and so it kind of got getting. Sl- and so last night, is, you know, there were some things that were on my heart yesterday, and last night was the night. And I, I opened it up and I laid down in bed and I opened it up and started reading. it. Man, it was the word for me right then. I, I don't understand how God can do that kind of a thing. But it's like, you know, David Wilkerson writes this thing. It's the way it always was. Those things would come in the mail. And, and, and David Wilkerson, you know, he'd write it. They would have to print it up. They would have to get it in the mail to me, and it would finally get to me in the mail. And sometimes I would open it up and lay it there for a day or two or something. But it's like whenever I opened it up, it was like, boom. I don't You know, David Wilkerson, to me, I mean, he is one of the prophets, uh, one of the great prophets of our time because, I mean, to, to me, it was always like God God was speaking to me that very day. And then here last night, after after. <laughs> laying on, uh, after I, after it had been, I don't know, in my basement for a while in a box put away, and then it had been in my, uh, my bedroom for a week, actually it had been upstairs and downstairs, kind of moved around a little bit for a week, and then I finally read it, boom, there it was, God's voice speaking to me again from this man. And he was talking, you know what he was talking about? He was talking about hearing a word from God. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm preaching about. You know, right here, I'm talking about this, about connecting with him and letting God help you. And here's what I know. I know, listen, look at me. I know you are dealing with stuff. You quit, you quit smiling at me like everything's all right. I know you're dealing with stuff. I know that life isn't perfect. I know that something at home isn't right. I know that something in your finances isn't right. I know that something in your, in your marriage isn't right. You're dealing with stuff. And you need what I'm preaching about today in these next few weeks. You need these life apps. And, here, and I'm just, I just struggle with this so much, and God has stirred me this week for you. I said that in the early service. I want you to know that God has stirred me this week for you because I know that you're struggling with stuff, and yet, and yet you're, not, you're not taking advantage of what God wants you to do with you. You're not taking advantage of, of the free life apps that God has, has made available to all of us that He wants to put in your life and He wants to use in your life to help you find the way and, and maneuver and navigate through life and, and accomplish the greater things that He wants to do through you. You're not taking advantage of... And so, and I said this also in the early service. I don't know what the word is right here. I don't know if it's that I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, or if I want to kick you in your rear end. But I want you to start doing what it takes to see everything happen in your life that God wants to make happen in your life. Start believing Him. Start allowing His dream to come to pass in your life. And you know what? I'll say it again. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I'll say it again. If your life is perfect, if your marriage is perfect, if your kids are perfect, if your parents are perfect, if your finances are perfect, if your health is perfect, if everything in your life is perfect, nobody in your family needs anything, then you can go to sleep today and you don't have to come back for several weeks because I don't have anything to tell you. But I know who you are. I know where you are. And I know you need God's life apps in your life. Can I encourage you, please, today, would you pray with me right now as we begin this message? Would you pray with me right now? And would you ask God, please, God, stir me as much as you stirred my pastor for me today. Come on, let's pray. Father, I love you, and I thank you, God. I thank you for all these life apps. I thank you for the power. God, I thank you, first of all, for the dream that you had for my life, God, which is why you've given me and given us these life apps. You've got such big dreams for us and great things that you want to do. And, God, I've got brothers and sisters sitting here right now, Lord, that are struggling, God, just trying to get through a day, Lord. And I pray you just help them today, God. Challenge them, encourage them. Whatever it takes, God, kick us into gear, Lord, so that we can can begin to believe and receive. See what you want to do in our life, God, for great and, and amazing and awesome things in our life, God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, God, and, and, and have your will, Lord, somewhere, find somebody today, God, please, find somebody today who's ready to have better, Lord, than they've had in Jesus' name. And everybody said, oh, come on, you can, you can do better than that. Everybody said, amen. amen. You know what one of my favorite apps is? It's one I use pretty much every day, at least once a day. It's the you version. Bible. Anybody use a Bible app on your phone? It's really cool. The U version's a good one, okay? I told you, I told you, about, told you about it a few months ago, and some of you started using it, uh, and I, I've got it pulled up now, and our scripture for today is for, for this Life app is Hebrews chapter 11. We're gonna be talking about faith in just a few moments, and uh, I got it up in the New American Standard version, uh, but you know it's got all kinds of versions there. You just need, you just need to search it. U uh, version is a great one. There's some other good ones out there, but this is the one I like better. And, you know, just a few clicks, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm reading it, and just a couple of more clicks, and it's reading to me. Chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Pretty cool, huh? I mean, oh, let me get it turned off now. That's the wrong, not a quick way to shut it down. Pretty cool there, though. I, I mean, I'm carrying the word of God around with me. I don't mean just my Bible that's laying it. I mean everywhere I go, because this, this goes with me everywhere. Everywhere I go, I've got the Word of God with me. You know, do you realize that? You've got the Word of God with you, and so you've got it at your disposal every single day. I mean, there's all kind of bad stuff that you can get because you're on the Internet here. You know, there's all kind of bad, but there's good stuff there too. You're carrying the Bible, the Word of God around with you. The spoken Word of God, I meant riding down the road, you know. Ladies, next time your husband is talk, isn't talkative and he won't talk to you riding down the road, hey, just get your, get your phone out. You know, just get the YouVersion Bible app up, you know, and turn it on. And just, y'all just listen to God. Talk, I mean, he will talk to you going down there? It's right there. It's so easy. And just how few people, uh, somebody told me after the first service that they downloaded it today in the service when they heard me talk about it. said it was so awesome. They got, I mean, how awesome that it is right there. And that's very similar to the life app that I want to preach to you about this morning. And it's faith I chose to kind of use that, that uh, Bible logo is saying. We're going to talk to you about faith because this is a life app that you need. Are you listening? To me? You know, those of you, I, I told you, I know what you're dealing with, what you're going through. I know what your life is like. I know you got problems, all that stuff. This is a life app you need in your life. Now, I'm not talking about now talking about the faith that is Romans chapter 12, verse 3 faith, because it says there that God has given everybody a measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith because you need that to be able to believe in God, trust in Him for salvation. Now I'm talking about this measure of faith that everybody has, because everybody has that. I'm talking about something bigger, something deeper, something greater. I'm talking about this life habit we're going to call it in this series that is a gift of faith. It's the gift of faith. Now, the Scripture that we, we read and, and in, uh, in the New King James, it says it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that is not seen. So it's, it's, like, it's like tangible, but not tangible. It's like something that you know, but you can't really touch or you reach out. Here's, here's what faith is, okay? Faith is, first of all, it, it is the ability, and I'm not talking about just that measure of faith, but this gift of faith. It is the ability to look beyond the obvious. You see, now here's, here's some of you, what, what some of you need today. You need to be able to look beyond the obvious because the obvious is killing you right now. Some of you are just dying inside because of the obvious, the stuff that is in your life. It is destroying you, it is all this obvious. And you need, you need a faith, you need a gift of faith. This, this life app that God wants to put in your life will enable you to look beyond what is obvious. And it's so hard to look beyond the obvious because the obvious is obvious, Right? I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to believe that you're going to be healed because the doctor keeps bringing out these obvious test results, right? It's hard to believe that your finances are going to be okay because you keep getting these obvious bills in the mailbox every day, right? I mean, it's hard to believe that your family situation is going to be any better because all the obvious fights that you're having all week long, you know? And they get pretty obviously loud, you know, and people get pretty obviously mad. And it's hard to believe that anything could ever get any better than this because you're operating on a physical realm. you got to operate in a spiritual realm, and you can't do that unless you're going to operate in these life apps that God has given you. you got to start seeing, and this gift of faith will allow you to look beyond what is obvious. And secondly, the gift of faith allows you to perceive God's will and believe God's will. You see, a lot of times we say, I don't even know how to pray. You know, because sometimes, you know, when I've got a problem, I can figure out three or four ways for God to fix this thing. You know what I'm talking about? And I don't know which one is the way he wants to do it. You know, and I could pray, God, do it this way. But I know if I'm praying against his will, you know, I'm just kind of counterproductive there in that prayer. So I need to kind of work. So God, would, you know what? The gift of faith will help you perceive what God wants to do in your life. It'll help you see where God wants to go Next. It's just like that GPS, you know. I mean, it's pretty obvious if I take a right turn and I take another, it's pretty obvious that, hey, wherever I'm going is this way. You know, and it's pretty obvious too. God wants to give us the gift of faith to enable us to perceive what His will is. I mean, He actually wants you at times to understand what His will is. Now, there are times that He's got to keep it all secret because if He tells you too quick, you'll jump too quick and you'll start doing things you'll mess it all up. But there's a lot of times God wants to give you the gift of faith to perceive what his will is. And sometimes perceiving that will is to stand still and see the salvation of God. I mean, he says that in the Bible several times. Sometimes you just stand still and wait. Well, how do you know when to stand still? How do you know when to work? How do you know when to act? How do you know when to fight? When you you have the gift of faith, when you begin to operate in the gift of faith, then you begin to perceive what his will is and believe what his will is. That's what the gift of faith will allow you to do. It'll help you believe that His will can actually happen in your life. Because that's where some of you are. You don't even believe that it can happen anymore. I mean, there's so much obvious happening around you, there's no way God can fix that, right? I mean, this is so broke. I've messed this up so bad. My parents have just fouled it up so horribly. There's no way this is going to be fixed. The faith enables you to see beyond the, see beyond the obvious, enables you to perceive, enables you to believe that he's going to do what he says. But faith also enables you to act and to trust that God will perform his purpose. Act and trust to to actually move upon something. You see, that's that's the difference a lot of time in the Old Testament or what we see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. What we see in the Old Testament, God working, you know what we see? We see people working and moving on faith. I mean, God said, Noah, I want you to build a boat. Not just, hey, Noah, I'm going to send a flood. And everybody's going to die, but your family's going to be saved. He said, Noah, I want you to build a boat. And Noah had to act on faith. That's what we see throughout the Old Testament. And we see it in the New Testament. We see so many. Most of the stories that we see in the Old Testament, we see this faith of where they actually acted upon this faith. But I know sometimes when we look at those scriptures, it, it, it seems so foreign to us because, I think part of it's because we kind of look at those people as being a lot holier than we are. But you know what I... Not in the Old Testament, especially you know, people in the Old Testament. Especially in the Old Testament, they weren't any holier than you and me. I mean, uh, maybe just the opposite because hey, they didn't even have grace. They didn't have grace. Like they were not even totally, completely, fully forgiven of their sin. For the way I read Hebrews, I mean, there was some there was some some trouble there with the sin issue and all of that. And so, no, these weren't holy people. But God was doing great, awesome, amazing things through them. And sometimes we sometimes we don't get that. And we need a picture. Let me give you a picture, something today uh, from these days. Uh, most of you probably know, I think, I think you've kind of heard that for a while we lived and ministered in Chicago. And uh, when, when the decision was made and we were offered this opportunity and we went to Chicago, uh, I, I got a cousin that had been living there a couple of years. She found out we were moving to Chicago when she called us. She was excited that we were moving. She also wanted to encourage us. Most of what she said didn't encourage us a whole lot. We were moving in August, but she said, you know, I moved here in February, and she said, it gets cold in February in Chicago. There's a lot of snow on the ground in February in Chicago. She said, when I moved here, it was cold. When I moved here, snow was on the ground. When I moved here, it was dark, and there wasn't sun for days. And she said, I was having one of those really, really, really bad days. She said, you know, just a pity party. And she said, I picked the phone. I had to call my mom back in Birmingham, Alabama. Called my mom and said, hey, mom, you remember, you remember... When I was a kid, you know, and you used to send me out to the mailbox and I'd run out in my socks, you know, to get the mail for you. Her mom said, Yeah. She said, if you do that here, they find you frozen to death out by the mailbox tomorrow morning. She said, She said, It gets cold out here. So I said, She would, she called to encourage me. She didn't encourage me a whole lot with some of the stuff she was telling me. And, and then it and then it kind of came up in the conversation. She wasn't even in Chicago while we were talking on the phone, but she was in Dolphin Island. I said, Oh, are y'all down for a, a vacation? She said, No, we're buying a house in Dolphin Island. I said, Oh, are y'all moving? She said, "Well," not, and I thought, "Oh, well, y'all doing pretty good then? You know, you got a house there. You're gonna have a house here and all that." She's, I said, "So, so why are y'all buying a house in Dolphin Island?" She said, "What? What do you think?" I didn't come to Chicago to die. And I thought, man, I thought about that so many times, and how that is a statement of faith. Now, it wasn't faith in God? It was, a, but but it, it's a it's a good picture of what faith is because you know what you know what the obvious was. She was in Chicago. And you know what the obvious is to you in your life is that this whatever you've got today, it's going to be hard for you to have anything else. I mean, this is this is what we've got. I mean, that's what's obvious to us. I mean, this is where we're going. This is where we're headed. It's going to be hard for me to get out of Chicago. And whatever little neighborhood it is that your life is is just kind of, you're just wandering around in day after day after day, it's hard for you sometimes to see that you're going to have any other place. That you're ever gonna get to move to another place in your ability and your strengths and your and your dreams and your visions. It's hard for you to see that. But she saw that. She said, I've gotta get out of Chicago one day. It's too cold up here for a southern girl. She said, I gotta get out of Chicago. And she, she, so she saw that, and she didn't just perceive. She conceived of a way to do it. She started thinking, here's how we're going to do it, da-da-da-da. And they also even acted on it. They were, they were in Dolphin Island buying a house. They weren't ready to move yet. They hadn't, they hadn't finished with their business and all, everything they were doing in Chicago, but they were getting ready. They were acting on this, this looking into the future, looking beyond the obvious. They were acting on what they knew was going to happen. That's faith. That's what it takes. That's, that kind of faith. And God wants to give all of us this gift of faith that enables us to look beyond the obvious that has so engrossed your life that you can't even see any beauty anymore any dream or any excitement anymore it's just this is all you know this is all I get until I graduate high school and get away from my parents I'll never have any better until I get out of this or I get out of this pay off this debt or pay off that debt until my house is paid off when I'm 70 years old until this or that, I'll never have. God wants to give you a gift of faith to look beyond the obvious. Perceive what his will is and begin acting upon his will. And when it's time to stand, stand. When it's time to fight, fight. When it's time to be still, be still. When it's time to work, work. When it's time to believe, believe. When it's time to encourage somebody else, encourage somebody else. God wants to give you that gift of faith. And you need it. I'm not talking to strangers this morning. I know you guys. You Need this gift of faith. Oh, but so few of us have it. So few people have it. And and it's free. It's free. Now, I did ask how many of you had a smartphone. But I won't embarrass you by asking how many of you have a smartphone and you don't even use the apps. But you know, you should be even more embarrassed that you are a child of God and you're not making yourself available to these apps in your life. There's so many of us that are not taking advantage of the apps. We don't have this. We don't have this ability to look beyond the obvious. I, mean, you come, I know you come in on, on Sunday. You come in on Wednesday night. I see you in the middle of the week or whatever. And man, you're so down in the dumps. Yeah, you know, the devil's got his drop on you. I mean, he's already told you all the stuff he's going to do to you. I mean, if there's, we don't have this ability. Too many of us don't have this ability. We need the ability, the gift of faith one more time, like David. David had it. Hey, now David was one who, who they, I mean, really, it looked like the enemy had the drop on him. I, I read the story again this week because I just want to make sure I was real familiar with everything going on. And if you remember when David went to fight Goliath, now he didn't go to fight Goliath. He went just to deliver lunch, but when he got there to deliver lunch, remember what he started doing? He it's just kind of nonchalant. He said, who's going to kill that giant? <laughs> just read it. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, but look at He's like, okay, who's going to kill this giant? And, and he's talking in such faith, they, they go and tell Saul, and Saul calls him and says, and says, are you saying you can go fight? He said, I'm saying that the God that delivered me out of the hand of the lion and the hand of the bear can deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. They put on some armor, and he can't wear the armor. They give him a sword. It's too heavy. And so he just, he just goes down into the valley with his sling and five little stones. He gets down there, and when, when Goliath sees him, Goliath says, Am I a dog that you, you're going to fight me with sticks? I mean, what are you, you know, what are you sending this little kid out here for? You know, he starts, and he starts telling David, he's like, man, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed you to all these animals out here. And you know what David said? David said, you come to me with swords. You come, to me with, you come to me with all this weaponry. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose army you have defiled right here. And I am going to take your head off your shoulders, and I'm going to feed your carcass to the beasts of the field and to the fowls of the air. And then Goliath started toward him, and the, and the word of God says, David ran. But not that way. It said David ran toward the army and ran to Goliath, got his sling and got him a stone in his sling, running toward the giant, slung it, hit him, and it said that the rock sunk into the... Now listen, some of you, y'all have problems with with miracles. Y'all just have problems with God doing anything. But listen, if if a rock hits you hard enough in a forehead, it'll knock you down. It didn't say it killed him. It just knocked him down. It knocked him senseless. It knocked him crazy. He fell down on his face. And then David ran over him because he didn't have a sword. He drew Goliath's own sword... And you know, you say, could he really cut the head off a giant? Well, that sword was pretty heavy. Probably all he had to do was just kind of get it up, <laughs> as heavy as it was. And he cut the head off of the giant. Now, some of us have problems believing any kind of miracles. But I can, believe, I can believe, you know, that God can do it. Even if you don't believe in miracles, just believe that, hey, God could do this kind of a thing. And this is exactly what he did. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that shows me David's faith. This gift of faith was evident in David's life that day. Because Goliath was saying, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. What was obvious? David was about to die. But what did David know? David knew that by accident he had shown up on the day that God wanted to deliver his people from this giant. And listen to me, God has already chosen a day to deliver you in your life from the giant of whatever is whipping you, whatever's been beating you up, or whatever's just been teasing and taunting you and telling you it's going to destroy you. God's already desi- decided what day that is, and what you've got to do is you got to start listening, turn your GPS on and figure out how to get in the right place at the right time, just like David did at the right time day, and so God can use you to kill the giant that, that has been rising up in your life for way too long. Uh, if I had time, I'd tell you about King Jehoshaphat, uh, about how they went out. I've actually got this in my notes, Mike, to tell you. What, what, what's the chapter? Second Chronicles 20, is that it? Uh, Second Chronicles 20. How they, they went out to fight a battle, and they put, the, they put the choir out in front. They didn't even put the fighting men out front, and they just sang because the battle was the Lord's. The battle didn't belong to them. If I had time, I'd tell you about Paul and Silas. Remember Paul and Silas? Uh, you remember how they ended up in jail one night? and At midnight, they were in jail, and you know what they started doing? They started singing. You know? and, and it said the prisoners listened to them. Now, I wonder, why does it say the prisoners? It tells me that the prisoners didn't help them sing. It tells me they didn't have the faith to sing. They just had enough faith to listen. They didn't have enough faith to sing. And so I, I can just imagine you know, somebody saying, Paul, Silas, what in the world y'all doing singing? And you know what? I can just hear Paul saying what my cousin did, said in Chicago. I didn't come here to die. God didn't send me to this place to die. You know what? Somebody in this place here today, right now, somebody in this house needs to, needs to stand up and say, wait a minute. Whatever this is that is coming against my... God didn't bring me to this to die. God's got bigger stuff for my family than this. He's got bigger things for my kids than this. He's got bigger things for my marriage than this. He's got bigger things for my life than this. He's got bigger things for my finances than this. God has a bigger dream than this. For my, and God didn't send me here to die. Can I tell you something? Late last night, early this morning, I was talking to God because, hey, I got stirred about this message for you. But I've been telling God the last... 12 hours or so. Don't leave me out. And I counted, I I thought, I I told God, I, I mentioned three, I said, God, I got three little neighborhoods in my life that I've been driving around in for the last few years. I want out of them. This is not what you designed for me. This is not what you, this is not your dream that I read about in your word. And I want out of them. And somebody else needs to say, this is not what God designed for my life and for my kids and for my marriage and for my future and for my finances, whatever it is, wherever your place is. And say, God, God, I want you to help me get out of this because God did not send me here to die. Somebody say amen. amen. Because some of you are in a prison, just like Paul and Silas. Stand with me, if you will. Oh, God, I just, I just got to stop. I, just gotta, I told Jamie I had a sermon and a half. Come on, Jamie, if you will. I, I told her I had a sermon and a half today, and I was going to try to hurry through the first, that first half of the introduction. But Listen. I have, been, I, 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 I have been so stirred for you this week because I know. Why are, we, why, why, why are we so complacent about the destruction that is happening in our lives? You know, we take it like we can recover from it. This is not a game, this is life, this is real. Everything your kids are dealing with, everything your parents are dealing with, everything that your family's dealing with is real. You know, there are no, you know, do-overs. This game's not going to be over in a couple of hours and we're just going to reset the board and hand the dice to somebody and start all over. It's not a game. This is life. This is real. Why are we so complacent about death and destruction that happens in our life every day? We're killing our kids. We're killing... Our relationships, we're killing our finances, we're killing our marriages, we're, ki- we're killing our health. We're, why are we so complacent about these things every I want you know, I've been stirred for you this week. I've w- I wanted, God, please somehow help me, God, to encourage these people to accept your help in this. I'm praying, and I, I want so badly to just say, everybody come, but we're not gonna do that because this is not, this gift of faith is not a group gift. This is an individual gift. That God wants to give to you, and He only gives to those. Oh, you gotta man, just it's just as easy as clicking on that app. Just saying, God, I want it. And just say, God, give me this gift of faith into my life. This comes from 1 Corinthians. I'm I'm gonna read it next week. I, did, I don't want to deal with it today, I'm gonna deal with it next week. But this gift, God wants to give you a gift of faith. And some of you, you gotta have it just to get through another day or two. But get tired of just getting through and decide I want some faith to look beyond just today and look beyond and see a great future beyond the obvious and see a great opportunity look beyond the obvious see the great potentials of what God can do in my life and to perceive what He's about to do and believe it and begin acting on it some of you got to have that because You've got things in your life that are just destroying you. Your spirit is down. You are weak. You are, you are burdened. You are struggling. You've got to have this gift of faith. And I would like to invite everybody down. But I just want to ask for those. And I, I pray a bunch come down. Almost everybody in the early service came. And I hope most of you come in this, in this service too. Because I believe every one of us needs this gift of faith. But I want to invite you. If you've got to have this gift of faith in your life. Because you've got to have this. You've got to be able to see beyond where you're driving around living today. And you've got to be able to perceive more than what's going on because you've you've got to defeat some lions and tigers and bears. And uh, you've got to fight some giants this week. And you say, I got to have this gift of faith. Step out, come down to the front with me. Let's close in prayer. Come on. I got to have this. I got to have this. I got to have this ability. I gotta have this ability to see beyond, thank God. I gotta have this, I've got, there's more struggle, there's more struggle this week than I can handle by myself. I gotta have this gift of faith. Once again, we don't have near enough prayer team members. Prayer team, just go ahead, listen, close your, close your eyes, bow your head, start praying. Listen, gonna come around to you somebody 's going to pray for you, no doubt lay hands on it 's not about me it 's not about them it 's not about us it 's about you and God. just say god i 've got to have this kind of faith. I got to have this kind of faith, Lord. I got to get beyond the the today. I got to get beyond the obvious. I got to get beyond everything I've been wandering around in for the past weeks and months. I got to have some dream. I got to have some future. I got to have some hope. It's about you saying that just begin to believe today that something's going to change. God's going to give you this gift of faith. He's going to impart to you a gift of faith to believe, to believe greater than you've ever believed, to dream bigger than you've ever dreamed, to receive what you need from God today. Go ahead, prayer team members. Start moving around. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you've finished praying. Don't start singing and don't pray for somebody else until you're finished praying for yourself. This is about, first of all, it's you and God today. If you want to pray for somebody, fine, but pray for yourself today. Say, God, I got to have, I got to have this gift of faith in my life. I got to have more. Got to have more, Lord. Got to have more than I than I've got today, Lord. In Jesus name, Jesus name.